Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Lore Watch. It's a roundtable, freeform discussion about lore in World of Warcraft and maybe other games as well. We don't know yet. I'm Anne Stickney. I'm one of two lore-focused writers from Blizzard Watch. I write Know Your Lore. Uh, and I've got not one but two co-hosts with me today, which I'm really excited about. First up, of course, we have the other author of Know Your Lore, Matthew Rossi. Say hello. hello. Hi. How you doing? <laughs> And then second, we've got a co-host who regularly gives us the details about the Shaman class on Blizzard Watch. But what a lot of people don't know is that he's just as crazy about lore as Rossi and I. And that would be Joe Perez. Hello, everybody. I'm about to wow you with, well, not really wow you, but, you know. Wow you with wow. Wow you with wow. (laughs) If nothing else, we'll have a really good conversation, I'm sure. So this week, we're going to take a look at a topic that a lot of people have been asking about, um, the Burning Legion, or more specifically, the Twisting Nether. Uh, In a tweet last month, Alex Afrasiabi, am I saying his name right? Good. Okay. (laughs) He said that Archimond, everybody was asking about Archimond, right? And everybody was asking about Archimond because there was this big question about whether Archimond was the Archimond from our universe or the Archimond from Draenor's universe and how many Burning Legions are there and, you know, the whole multiple reality tangle that's been brought up ever since Warlords of Draenor was announced. So, Alex went on Twitter and said, Archimond is a demon whose demon soul is anchored to the Nether. The Nether transcends all realities. That is all. And that had a lot of people scratching their heads because we clearly saw Archimond die in Warcraft 3. I mean, he was blown up by a bunch of wisps at the World Tree. Everything detonated. Went kaboom. We assumed he was dead. Apparently, he's not. So, today we're going to kind of talk about the Twisting Nether and exactly how it works. Jump in, guys. Well, I'm going to tell you right now that I think they've opened up a huge can of worms for themselves with this tweet. Here's the thing. We know that Archimond wasn't always a demon. Guy was just a Draenei. Well, actually, no, he was just an Eridar once, back when Eridar were all you got. 
Velen was an Eridar then. Kil'jaeden was, was an mortal, Eridar then. He was mortal, though. Yeah, he was, a, well, as mortal as Draenei get. And we know that there's, <laughs> We know there's at least two Velens. Because, you know, yeah, yeah. They're, different, they're different guys. So this kind of makes me think there's one of two possible solutions to this problem. One is that alternate timelines only came into existence after Archimonde and Kil'jaeden signed up on the demon train. Or when you become a demon, suddenly I don't know, like if all if there can't be any timelines where Archimon didn't become a demon because it messes you with timelines. Transcend yeah. reality. Yeah. So, it's one of those situations where I feel like they really should have thought long and hard before they made that tweet. Okay. I, I would say I would say I kind of agree with you on that, except for the fact that I think that it's that they're tied to the Twisty Nether, and the Twisty Nether is its own separate dimension that's separate but kind of touches all other planes of reality and the material dimensions. So it's yeah. kind of like this great beyond, isn't it? I don't have a problem with any of that. My problem is simply that if you're arguing that this Archimonde is the same Archimonde as the one that got done blown up at the World Tree, and that's there's just the one guy, the one Archimonde, then he's really bad at using his knowledge of alternate timelines to his advantage. To further his own... Yeah, he's, he's sure. terrible at it. There, there, it's like, I'm sorry, this is also 30 years in our past. So, 30 years ago, we fought Archimonde at Hellfire Citadel, and then 20 years ago, he got blown up at a giant tree, and at no point... But did in he a say different to, reality. In a different yeah. reality. At, yeah. at no point did he say, wait a minute, I remember you guys. Wow, oh, I remember you in the mountains. No. Yeah, uh. it's like, that's, that's, I'm just... It would have been simpler if they if they had just said, "Yeah, there's multiple burning, there's multiple burning legions. Go with it." <laughs> just okay. So by Rossi, doing this, uh, I'm just saying I'll shut up now. But no, no, no. I have a question for you. You were talking about um, ultimate timelines. Can you explain that? Well, well, here's the thing: is I'm thinking we we know that the timeways thing it, it's not quite the same as an alternate timeline. Like they've they've kind of been vague about it on purpose. Like when you read the Thrall book. Yeah. They talk about how the timeways collapse and merge and all that stuff. And it seems like only after um, Norsdormu stopped really doing his job that we started getting like really big alternate timelines like this one. This one's huge. This isn't like, you know, go back to the Well of Eternity and then Norsdormu will smooth over the edges of everything you changed. Because like, when we did the Well of Eternity, you guys remember Well of Eternity, right? Oh, of course. Right. Uh, when you did the Will of Eternity dungeon, you changed a lot of things. Because I don't remember in the timeline before me punching Ashara in the face to make her stop casting a hand spell. <laughs> <laughs> That's fairly new. It, but at the end of that, like Nosdarmu says something along the lines of, yeah, I'll, I'll make everybody forget this happened. Just, just boogie on out with the Dragon Soul. Which is a pretty huge change. We didn't take the Dragon Soul in the original timeline. I, the Dragon Soul got used, and then, you know... Malfurion shattered it and kind of yeah. hit it. And there's a whole series of books about what happened to that thing. Well, there's and, a whole know, reality based around it. Yeah, so... When when Nosdormu stopped doing his job, because like, he, you know, he had to give up all his power to, to, to bind Deathwing in every reality, he didn't just kill Deathwing there. When when they took Deathwing out with the when the Dragon Soul at the end of uh um I can't remember the name of the raid anymore Dragon Soul the end of the Dragon Soul raid yeah uh they they specifically have Norse rumors saying in every timeline you know find every thread this this is gonna be one for the ages folks so it implies that the timeline timeways aren't really stable places and this entire Draenor we're on 
doesn't necessarily gonna stay there. You know, I mean, just just from the the the, the thrall book, I'm I'm getting the sense that timeways are fickle things and they can might collapse. So I'm not sure how this is all going to work. I'm not sure if there ever were alternate timelines back when the, the choice was made, when Sargeras showed up. Because that's 25,000 years ago. Um, when Sargeras shows up, Sargeras is himself a titan. When he showed up and offered them the deal, it might have been one of those situations where this is the only universe you have at the moment. You know, this this choice is so vast that once you make it, it, it echoes through eternity. Like so maybe there's... You... Here, here's my question, though. Okay, so if this is all... Knows Dormu fiddling with the timelines and all of that, pulling it into that ultimate timeline or whatever. Does that mean that that impetus actually didn't come into play until Azeroth was created and the Titans messed with it? Uh, that's a good question, and I don't really, I don't seem to know the answer. Draenor is really important to Azeroth, right? Like, without the without Draenor, there's no orcs on Azeroth. Without orcs on Azeroth, a lot of history changes. But they said. See, that's the thing, is like, Kosak said, was it Kosak? I think it was Kosak. Kosak at a BlizzCon, was it 2010? It was 2010 or 2011, I can't remember which one. Kosak said that Azeroth is special, and there's something unique about it in all of the cosmos. And then he didn't actually define what that thing was. So I'm wondering, is it like... Is it the timeline thing? Is it the Titan thing? Is it the what is it exactly? Is it is it the relation to Draenor? Is it? I don't know, but I know for a fact it seems like really weird that we have this like we've got two Velens, but one Archimond. Do you know what I mean? They do both Velens know the same Archimond? They would have to, wouldn't they? Like by necessity, they, they both Archimonds, both like, one Archimond, one kill Jaden. Obviously, if there's only one Archimond, why would there be more than one kill Jaden? He's got the exact same deal as Archimon. So, of course, Kill Jaden kind of, he didn't even, we didn't kill him at the end of Sunwell Plateau. Yeah, he but just I'm went, like, he got, he got <laughs> slam, back, dunked, yeah. slam dunked back into the Sunwell and just kind of disappeared. And we looted it, what? It was like his necklace or something, wasn't it? Yeah, his, his, his big disco pendant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but Archimon had himself a big old disco pendant. No, I don't know what Kill that Jayden. thing was. I, yeah, I sorry, still... Kill yeah. Kill Jaden's entrance from the Sunwell in that encounter. That still has to be one of the best animated boss emergence sequences I have ever seen in this game, where his claws just like out of the. Honestly, but, as good as that is, his going back in is better. Yeah, that part is cool too. But um, I, I just all, I keep I keep finding it like it's one of the situations where the more you think about this, the more you think about the fact that there would by necessity therefore only be one Kill Jaden, and therefore. When the three of them were best buddies back on Argus, and they were all Eridar together, there would only have been, like, there could only be one of each of them. But now there's two Velens. At least two Velens. Well, I guess, here's, here's my question about that then, too. Because the, the whole point of the Burning Legion, right, we, we don't know the, the big roots behind it besides, you know, we don't know what Sargeras actually did to them, right? We don't know what was offered to him, what, what primal things. I mean, he was a titan. He was capable of reconstituting matter, planets, uh, messing with the timelines. We don't know what his specific titan specialty was besides beating things up, right? Yeah, so, was just, he, he was, was the, the champion. champion. Yeah. yeah. Was- right. So what if, what if it's a matter of transcendence, right? What if it's a matter of he reconstituted, like, whereas we're created from the material of Azeroth, right? Like, the races of Azeroth are created from the materials of Azeroth. They're imbued the material with, plane. The material plane that is present there. The, the, yeah. 
the, the minerals, the powers, the spells, the, the elements, everything, everything that exists on that world is part of dwarves and, and everything else. What if by reconstituting, by reoffering Kil'jaeden and, you know, and Archimonde this power by imbuing them with power that he has, he tied them inevitably or, or in a, in a irrevocably to the Twisting Nether by basically using the elements of that. What if that's the tie-in thing? What if that's what, what makes it? It seems like one of those things where they could very easily go back and almost retcon it through the origin story as far as that goes. Because if you think about it, too, we also know that every, single, that every single race was empowered by these two and changed by these two as they were instituted into the Burning Legion. So it's entirely possible that this all just goes back to that, which is why demons can keep being killed and come back, why we've seen uh, the Nather... I can never pronounce Nathazim. it. The Nathazim. Yeah. Why they keep, quote-unquote, dying but always coming back. If yeah, but there's a problem mis- there. There's actually a problem here, and they introduced it during the Warlock um, Green Fire quests. Okay. Mm-hmm. Talk Certain- about this, because I haven't actually done those quests. Me either. I haven't either, but I know a ton of Warlocks. Awesome. Um, so basically, during the Warlock Greenfire quest, you find out why summoning magic works okay. to summon certain demons. Um, I believe it's actually, uh, what do you call them, the big bruiser guys. Yeah. They were not demons originally. They were, in fact, created by the Titans to Ooh. hunt down those who used that kind of magic, sacrificial oh. summoning magics. It was so offensive to the Titans that they created a specific kind of hound force those big bruisers to go stop it. And when Sargeras became head of the Burning Legion, he co-opted some of them. So, so then I guess, what, what is that? With that? Some of those demons are summoned by, they're summoned by that magic because originally when someone used that magic, it was so offensive to the Titans. That they that just showed they, up? Yeah, these things would show up and punish you. And it's, they got twisted when Sargeras went bad. And that's like the whole thing. I wrote a Know Your Lore a while back about blood magic yeah. and the enema. And that ties into it because it's blood sacrifice that was used to offend them so greatly that they created a whole host of like demon things to, to go after people who used it. Man, it doesn't That's, matter what game you happen to be playing. Blood magic is always a bad thing, isn't it? Yeah. But, <laughs> well, it depends on what your perspective is. <laughs> but there's also the other problem is simply this. The Nathrazim were like that before Sargras did anything to them. Sure, they were already, already evil oh. and dark. Right? No, 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 no. They couldn't die. He oh, couldn't yeah. kill them. When he killed them, they just went back to the Twisting Nether. That's why he imprisoned them there. So is that where he got the idea? It seems very likely in in the revised post-Dranai. Because remember, the Dranai originally were just the lumpy potato people. Yeah. Yes. That's that's then Chris Smithson forgot that and made the the Eridar the Dranai, and he was like, "Oops, oh well, we're going with it." When that happened, uh, we got a retcon up to the Nathrazim were the first demonic force that Sargras fought. Because originally it was the Eridar. He right. fought the Eridar and they corrupted him. But then he did the retcon. He liked the idea better. And so the Nathrazim were the first demons he ever fought. And he couldn't kill them. He could never kill them. That's why he stuck them into the Twisting Nether in the first place and locked it. Because that's where they kept going. So he's like, fine, you can get stuck there then. But that still also lends credence to the idea that maybe during the the reconstitution or or the rebuilding of, you know, his two new lieutenants or generals, that he saw this idea. was like, you know what? These guys... Don't die. They keep coming back. This is where they <laughs> this go. This is the best way to this make is, my army the strongest army ever. So this is a darn good idea. Guess what? All of your all of your reality is gone. You are now here. It's it's at least it's feasible. But the problem being is still the same one. It's that in if you if the timelines always existed as alternate, if you always had timeways that were parallel and each one things were different, 
then there'd be multiple Archimons and multiple multiple Kill Jadens because in some of those timeways, they wouldn't make the wrong choice. They wouldn't choose Sargras's path. There'd, there'd be a universe where Velen said, yeah, evil sounds great, and Archimon was like, this is kind of a bad idea. Just so because... So I don't think you can say that the timeways are natural. I don't think that they're supposed to happen in the in the time in the Warcraft yeah. universe. Well, timeways I'm... feel like a mistake, especially since the Titans told Nosdormu, "Watch out for alternate timelines." So basically, that's kind of interesting because that kind of implies that yeah, there was the one true timeline, and then somewhere along the line, it splintered and it fractured, and it would have had to have been after the Burning Legion was created. Yeah, because then in there'd that be case. alternate. Yeah, there'd be alternate. Because then that Velen, that Velen who never got, who never got stuck in the Twisting Nether, who never joined the Burning Legion, who never did any of that, that Velen would shatter into all of these different realities. Now, my question is, does that kind of explain what's going on with the Timeless Isle? Because it, when they described it in lore, they described it as it would show up and then it would just disappear, and then it would show up and then it would disappear, and yeah, it's just like, like, like randomly. Yeah, it's like Brigadoon. Yeah, but it wasn't like any kind of a, a set schedule or anything like that. It wasn't one of those, oh, every hundred years somebody plays a flute, this mysterious island pops up out of nowhere. No, it just it just like phases yeah. in and out. You know what it reminds me of? And Adam will love this. It's a shame he's not actually on the podcast as such. But there's a Star Trek episode where Worf keeps shifting through alternate timelines. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and he's shifting because something happened to him that broke him out of his timeline. Right. It feels like in this case, something happened to time that broke it, like time fractured. And the Timeless Isle seems to be one of those places that just keeps going from timeline to timeline. It's jumping universes, looking for the right. It's like, it's like Quantum Leap, the island. Yeah, yeah. kind of. So, what so about here's... The oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Joe. I was going to say, but what about the idea that potentially... Uh, the timelines are, or the timeways are not necessarily just restricted to time, but also if we subscribe to the multidimensional theory, that there are also pathways between there and that part of the original job of the Keeper of Time was also to close those off, which is the why we ex- don't see those. The different realities. realities. Right. And maybe that's what makes Azeroth so special if that's the sole existence where that's one curator exists that is closing down those timelines that basically separates what we know as reality from the greater multiverse. So here's my question. Okay. Okay. So, so let, let's just like crazy theory time, right? Okay. Sure, why not? Okay. Crazy theory time. Sar- Sargera says, I don't like what you guys are doing. I'm going to go ahead. Like this, this all appears to be hopeless. You guys are trying to make order out of chaos, but chaos is, is, permeable it's everywhere that seems to be the natural state of the universe so therefore what you guys are doing is wrong and we should be we shouldn't be doing that we shouldn't be establishing this order so he goes and he forms this army right he gets these guys he looks at the nathrazim and says man these guys are tied to this twisting nether place that i don't quite get but it as long as they're there they can't be killed so therefore, if I make an army, an army that is that just goes back to this place, that'd be really cool. I'm losing, I'm losing my train of thought. I can already feel it slipping away. Oh my gosh! Okay, so 
<laughs> Sorry. So he goes to the Eridar, right? He goes to the Eridar and he says, I need big leaders. You guys are really strong magic users and you know how to do all of this stuff. So you can go ahead and lead. Let me give you lots of power and we'll go ahead and make the universe a better place. Velen has a dream. Dream says, yeah, better place. Not really that much of a better place, guys. So Velen nopes the heck out of there. At this point in time, reality, such as it is, timelines, such as they are, it's just one. It's just one stretch of time. Now, on Dranor, Ner'zhul originally, he fractured that world and kind of blew it halfway into the Twisting Nether by opening all of these portals on the planet, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alan got blown into the twisting. So did Sargeras, by merit of recruiting all of these people and shoving them merrily in the twisting nether and or tying them to the twisting nether, is this fractured timeline thing his fault? Did he blow the universe into the twisting nether? Like, is there another layer of it? That's interesting. Actually, makes me think of a slightly different variation on that. Okay, go ahead. Well... We keep talking about how there's only, like, one true timeline, and there's only, like, one Archimonde and one Kill Jaden, but there's a bunch of Ellens. But what if there isn't? We, we keep looking at, like, we, we saw in the Thrall book that the timeline, the timeways don't stay stable. No, mm-hmm. because he, he went, this was Thrall Twilight of the Aspects. Yeah. For people that are listening. Um, he goes bouncing around between different realities over the course of that book, because he's looking for Nozormu. Yeah, and they straight up says, Norzumer says, these things don't last. They exist while they exist, and then they, they subside. What if what we're looking at with Draenor is a timeway that was supposed to subside? And never did. And never did. It's been artificially extended by Kairos's actions. Cause we and Kairos. Yeah, we only have Kairos's word for what he did. Right. Like, we don't really know. He says, you know... I took you to a place that's as like our own as, you know, just bra- the, the differences are like blades of grass in the, in the fast, you know, sea of grass. It's, it's, they're meaningless. What if he didn't find the place? What if he made it? Oh. He had, okay. the, the, he had the vision of time. Which, which was, was made from the rocks from uh, the Timeless, the timeless Isle. Isle. Yeah. The Timeless Isle is like this lodestar traveling through timeways trying to find the right one, but can't. It can't stabilize itself. What if he basically outpocketed time at a specific moment in Draenor? You know, he, he takes Draenor, he outpockets it. He makes a, a new timeway. He just branches it off. And slight differences accrue because he's not, he's not empowered by a Titan. He's not Nors Dormu. He certainly isn't Amon Thule. It's an imperfect reality. Yeah, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's messing around with forces he can't possibly comprehend, as proved by the fact that the first thing Garrosh does is kill him. <laughs> yeah, the well, first man. thing Garage does is like, oh yeah, this is a great plan. Stab. <laughs> Handed me something sharp, you idiot. <laughs> so Kairos dies in his own creation. Uh, Garage is running loose in it, just doing everything, he, changing it constantly, messing around with it all he wants. Every it's, step he takes is changing something. And he's not even taking, it's not like he's subtly attempting to alter the future either. He's straight up going, no, don't drink that blood. No, build a yep. giant army. Kill everybody up front. No, he, he's, everything he does is, is simultaneously destabilizing and yet making it impossible for this place to go back. It can't merge, like, like the reality that the, the fault, what was his name? I can never remember his name, the guy that raised Thrall. Oh, Blackmore? 
Blackmore, yeah. When Blackmore had in the, the alternate reality from that the the evil conquering Blackmore is from, he it, that reality gets reabsorbed at the end of the book. That reality ceases to exist. When we see um in in War Crimes, Kairos uses the the shard, the the vision of time, to pull in you know alternate versions of all these famous you know Warcraft figures. There's like psychotic hunter of uh, Vol'jin. Mm-hmm. There's you know gladiatorially crazed Bane. All there's, these the, there's the Anduin who like... Yeah. yeah. So, he, so the, the Vision of Time can create these simulacrums of real things that have reality while they exist. So what if he used it on a vast scale, created a new Draenor out of like the old one, you just split it off, and now... It keeps getting changed, so it can't re- it can't be reabsorbed. It can't go back into the previous timeline. It's too different at this point. Like you know, all, all these different characters exist and are doing things. Gul'dan has completely at this point completely changed the the, the script. Yeah, While, but but everything keeps trying to happen the same way. Trying. Yeah, I and mean, you can see threads of that too, right? Like you can see threads of where, and I, li- I like that theory because when you're doing the quest and you're doing the stories uh, in Warlords of Draenor, you can see where. It's almost like it's trying to veer back towards correcting itself. It's constantly trying to yeah. steer itself back, yeah. And then there's these catastrophic, catastrophic events that then push it back out. Yeah, like, um, what's his name? Uh, Orgrim shows up. Oh, yeah. And then Orgrim utterly fails to accomplish, like, you know, dude, you, you just totally didn't pull off your destiny at all. You face-planted on your destiny. What happens to the Doomhammer now? And then... Like, and it's all these little, yeah. So There's lots of these moments, yeah. So all of these little moments where it's trying to veer itself back, and we keep interfering in it. Yeah, and it's we're, us. We're You're actually right. grounding it further. You're right. It's us. You were. T- I didn't even think we of are that. The problem, we're, yeah. We, yeah, we are. We're the ones who keep making this stuff not go the way it's supposed to go. Yeah. Well, it's because we're trying to fix it, but we're not really fixing it. Because again, we're messing with, we're messing with powers beyond our knowledge. We don't know what we're doing. We're just like we're going to go beat up the big bad. But every time we go beat up the big bad, we're just like, well, that was going to fix itself too bad. That's <laughs> that's interesting. I and like there's that theory. no way this reality is ever going to be reabsorbed where it has to be because we've changed it too much. We've rooted it. We've permeated. We've like stained it, tainted it with our own. Yeah, we we're from that true timeline. Nosdormu made sure that we were, and by invading this world and just like settling in this world, establishing ourselves in this world by merit of our existence there, we've made it real. Yeah, and that, we're irritants. And, and that goes point, along the line of what we were talking about before with the uh, the idea that Azeroth being the special snowflake because of us, like we're just carrying that infection over. Yeah. Yeah, we don't. We still don't know what's special about Azeroth. They haven't like gotten into detail, but we know that the Well of Eternity seems to be a special thing. Because you don't see the Well of Eternity like anywhere else. You don't see like no. Dren- Drenor did not have a big fountain. Well, where and that's what was- that's what got Sargeras's attention in the first place when he first fixated on Azeroth way back during the War of the Ancients. They were yeah. messing around the 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 High Elves, the Keldorai. They were messing around with the. Well of Eternity, like just practicing magic and, and, you know, playing around with it, going, wee, good time, magic sparkles, whatever. And Sargeras, they were, they were powerful enough. That they yeah. caught his attention. That, that he, all the way in the Twisting Nether, he's like, whoa, what's that sparkle? Hey, I and need that. 
that kind of begs another question if you think about it. Yeah. Why is it called the Well of Eternity? And Eternity is a very specific word. Oh, God, it all goes back to time, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> eternity, is, eternity is something when you call it the Well of Eternity. And what is it doing? It's pulling pure arcane magic, not fell, not shadow or light. Is it's Azeroth p- the anchor? Is that the anchor yeah. they created? Like if you think of yeah, if you think of like the universe as an orrery, like one of those mechanical devices where they have all the planets set, the Azeroth's kind of starting to feel like it's the piece that they put in place that everything else spins around. Oh my god. Okay, so going back to that other thing, right? Sargeras starts pulling people into the twisting nether, kind of blowing reality into these multiple timelines, snap, 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 snap. The Titans turn around, start creating planets, and they create Azeroth as an anchor. As an anchor to pull it all back in and make that one timeline come back into play. That's what they were desperate to do. That's why they assigned Nosdormu to that task. They said, specifically, you need to protect that one true timeline. And then you've got the Well of Eternity in there, pulling those realities in and going, okay, so here, here is a fixed point. Here's a fixed point in the universe. And then the old gods show up, right? Old gods show up and start corrupting it, but they can't destroy Azeroth because if they do, all it's going to do is shatter reality that much more and make it that much more chaotic. And think about why does Sargeras need the Well of Eternity when he clearly has enough power to start doing all this horrible stuff. He needs the Well of Eternity because the Well of Eternity is literally a a fixed point in time and space. If you have it, that's the ball game. Yeah. Because it becomes but the antithesis. It's the core. The he he wants to go ham on the core. Yes. <laughs> the core will be the core will not only be ham, he will ham and cheese it. He was going to grill it. He's serious about that. He is he is yeah. like mega serious about it. Now that that's and if you think about it too, that's why Azerothian alternate timelines are such an interesting thing. That's why they that's why they keep splintering and, and subsiding. And that's why Draenor is so important because Draenor is the only world to have had direct contact with Azeroth. And the Twisting Nether, because it got blown into it. Yeah, and the Twisting Nether itself is like the entire antithesis of what we're talking about. Right. And it makes, and it makes so much sense as that's his point of fixation, right? Because if he's sitting there saying order is wrong, chaos is good, and that's the ultimate piece of order, that's the ultimate thing keeping everything, that's the yardstick of rule. Yeah. That explains the, the, the fixation, because he could have easily... Like you said, he has all this power. He could have easily gone and consumed a billion worlds and then come back with a force that we couldn't possibly handle. But there's got to be something special about this particularly that keeps him fit. He's trying to yeah, – the thing is that's, that's an end game that's going to take him how long? Like, you know, he, if to consume infinity is by definition a real long time. It's going to – he's Infinite. not patient. Yeah. He's not patient. No. That's Sargeras' problem. He couldn't, he couldn't hack the idea that he'd have to keep doing this forever. This would also explain why they said very specifically, there is no alternate Azeroth. There isn't an alternate Azeroth because it's a fixed point. It is that anchor. It is that fixed point. Yeah, so ultimately when you have, you can have an alternate Gul'dan because you can break off a timeline and have it exist. You can have alternate figures from Azeroth, like you can have the timeway where um, Blackmoor actually conquers the Alliance but you can't really have an entire alternate Azeroth. No. Those timeways collapse. They, they, they collapse can't. and fade back into themselves because the Well of Eternity, even though the Well has kind of been detonated a little bit. 
It's but still there, though. We have it the, never. It never went away, right? Like it no, never, it's just it, part of the maelstrom now. Well, plus there's the the new one that that Illidan made. Yeah, and then there's, yeah, yeah, the new he, one. It's like basically any any time that that liquid from the original well touches regular old water, boom, new well of eternity. Boom, if, sun well, boom, yeah. yeah. The Sunwell itself is fascinating because the Sunwell is essentially like another Well of Eternity at this point. So yeah. now Azeroth essentially has two of them. And then there's the, <laughs> the waters of the Veil. The, the Veil of Eternal Blossoms waters, they're, they're looking pretty Well of Eternity. You can't tell me that's not Well of Eternity water. I'm sorry. It has it's, to be. Or the original font just, from which it came from. It so sparkles got, just like it. It grows these giant vegetables. If you go to the Well of Eternity up on top of Hyjal you'll notice that all of the flowers that are bordering that lake are Gigantic, huge. Yeah. Hell, there's yeah. a big tree coming right out of the freaking thing. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Obviously, come, grow things big. <laughs> yeah, how come we can't grow any other big trees without them going crazy? I don't know, man. This is the only big tree that worked. I'm surprised, well, then, that Garrosh managed to get away with what he did right before the Siege of Orgrimmar without detonating the world again. We're lucky. Maybe we're just plain old lucky that we showed up to kill the, the Shah when we did. Yeah, because uh, that I, I'm surprised that that didn't cause a second sundering. That would have been really terrible. Oops, I'm sorry about that. I was just trying Whoops. to kill everybody. I was trying trying to kill everybody. I wasn't trying to kill everybody. Like you know, just just all the ones I don't like. I mean, orcs can stay. <laughs> the orcs can stay. Everybody else can do without those guys. Well, that's... But yeah, that's it's also interesting because. When, when Garage showed up and he's told, you know, you were never born here, it's quite possible he was never born there because Kairos had brought him there. Oh, and there geez. can't be it. You can't have two of him. Like, Thrall shows up. You'll notice that, like, Draka does not have a kid. No. That's and does true. not look like she's going to be having a kid anytime soon. Nobody who's come through that portal has an alternate on the other side. Yeah. Because once you're, you know, you replace it. In, in the in the universe that exists, so replace- Velen couldn't go to this Draenor because if well he could now, yeah, but he couldn't before because he was already there. Right. If but, he had, he would have replaced himself. Yeah. So and that's just because it's not oh. real. It's not well. It wasn't real. We but, made it but real. We're making it real. Yeah. And that's like why Gul'dan keeps doing better and better as time goes on because we keep fighting him and giving him more reality, for lack of a better word. Okay, we so keep- can we talk about spoilers? Are we sure. okay with that? Talking about the end of Hellfire Citadel? Sure, why not? Okay, I think, I think enough time has passed. That I, enough time has probably passed. Plus, people are familiar with this, this, but it's a lore podcast. Yeah, if you're listening to it, we're going to talk about the game. We're we're gonna we're yeah we're just gonna we're gonna jump it. all over the place, folks. It's gonna happen. <laughs> This is what it's like inside our heads. It's a very strange, chaotic place. It's worse than the Twisting Nether. So anyway, uh, at the end of Hellfire Citadel, when you get rid of Archimond, right? You get rid of Archimond, and he falls over, and he goes, We had a pact to Gul'dan. And then he, like, shoots him with the green laser of Pew Pew right through that portal. Mm-hmm. And then Archimond's the light in Archimond's eyes goes out and Cadgar's staring at this thing going, you mother. And like, he's just mad. And then he looks down and there's Gul'dan's staff and Gul'dan's staff disappears. It doesn't blow up. It doesn't burn away. It just kind of like dematerializes. What does that say? What happened to Gul'dan? Well, if we postulate the idea that Archimond and other demons are bound to the twisting nether, Mm-hmm. then it seems likely to me that, that Gul'dan just got himself bound. Yeah. 
and that a new demonic Gul'dan now exists, who is every Gul'dan, because oh, you know, no! I'm every Gul'dan. <laughs> You See, know, but I, you know, I kind of we just idea. made Gul'dan immortal. What did we do? <laughs> Why has everything we do turned to crap? <laughs> We're just doing our duty as Azerothian citizens of making it worse. <laughs> yes. Well, it's just like when we went to the you know the Vale of Eternal Summer and turned it into this. Well, we're out, guys. Have fun cleaning that up. It's okay. We planted a tree. Yeah, let's <laughs> plant a tree. We'll be back later after we go screw up another world. Bye. We're going to actually, we're going to take a giant dump on time and space. <laughs> and the pandas are just there shaking their heads going, at least it's not here. <laughs> just just smile and nod, just smile and nod, watch if them we, leave. If we wave, wave they won't come back. come back. If we, if we, yeah, just, just wave. Yeah, I kinda, every time I hearth back to the the uh, sh- to the Vale Shrine, I wonder if they're like, "Oh my God, he's back!" No. <laughs> why, why are you here? Brace well, yourselves. You, so I feel you like there's have... a webcomic on this, like what they do when we're not around. Oh, jeez. You see, yeah, you got, you got just relax. You've got portals <laughs> everywhere in the shrine. It's awesome. It's very centrally located. I don't have to run around uh, War Spear or sh- or Storm Shield looking for them. They're just right there. So <laughs> yeah. I have one more question. I have, or I have another question about that cinematic. Obviously, Archimon said we had a pact. What kind of pact? What do you think were the conditions in terms of the pact that Gul'dan made with Archimon or the Burning Legion in general? That's actually interesting. Did he make a pact with Archimon, or did he make it with the Legion in general, or do you count it as with Kill Jaden? Because well, originally he- it was Kill Jaden, wasn't it? Originally it was with Kill Jaden, and originally it was like. Ner'zhul started it all, and then Gul'dan just kind of weaseled his way in there. Obviously, that did not occur on this version of reality, because Rol'Khan is alive. So, so Kil'jaeden wouldn't have been able to impersonate her, and it's made pretty obvious that Ner'zhul is not as valued by the other clans as he was in the original, or the prime version, I guess, if you want to call it, timeline prime um, that all the orcs on Azeroth came from. So, what would that pact be? What would be the contingencies of that pact? Why is, why, you know... If I had to hazard a guess, I'm going to go ahead and guess that it had to be something along with power, probably immortality in some capacity, uh, and the event to be lieutenant to the general, right? Because if you look at the the past... Everything we saw, every race that's been brought into the Burning Legion, every race that has signed on for that has a figurehead, has somebody who uh, negotiated that pact and then basically orchestrated the corruption of their race to a certain point, whether or or, uh, at least the theory is the corruption of the race or bringing them into the fold in whatever case, Uh, whether it was Manoroth or or any of the other ones, they, they have very distinct figureheads. So you look at it and you're like, the orcs are the ultimate shock troopers. They're the ultimate ground force. I need them. I want them. I will give you all the power. I will give you immortality. I will give you leadership over all of them. You will become my lieutenant, but you must do my bidding, and this is what needs to be done. And I feel that Gul'dan's that type of character where in any reality that we've, we've interacted with him, in any reality that we've talked with him, or if you've just listened to the darn skull after you've gotten it from Illidan and whispers to you, <laughs> yeah. which is still awesome, it it always wants more power. It wants more. There's there's more things to find. There's more things to subjugate. There's more things to rule. And it seems in line with that. So I believe that the pact was 
your servitude for immortality and power. Yeah, and I think it's one of those situations with Gul'dan. It, it's always Gul'dan is always more than happy if somebody else pays the price. Mm-hmm. Like that's if you look at the original timeline, yeah. Gul'dan set things up so that you know he, he he would not be the guy suffering. Everybody else suffers. And when <laughs> when when the planet actually started dying on him, and he's like, oh wow, okay, wait a minute, I'm actually going to pay for this. Uh oh, like, I gotta find another world to suck dry because ours is dying. So. That's the thing about Gul'dan. That's you know, in a nutshell, Gul'dan is always better me, better you than me. Heck, he but, even pulls Blackhand in and makes him the leader of the United Clans, specifically because, to kind of shift that blame off of himself a little. Well, plus it, he knows he knows full well nobody likes following him. No, Gul'dan is one of those guys who always understands. I I'd do a lot better if there was somebody else up front who's who's really a proper orc. Because I'm really not a proper orc. I mean. What with the stuff coming out my back? <laughs> That's just not. <laughs> so I want to stick somebody else. Kilrog, you'll do. You, Kilrog, you can totally be the figurehead, and I will sit in the back, and I will actually be in charge. But you totally be up there and and let everyone think you're in charge. Hell, I'll treat you like I think you're in charge. How's it's that a, sound? It's the whole shadow council thing. It's it's yeah. he would rather yeah. be the guy in the shadows. Yeah. yeah, he does not. He knows full well. It, it, Gul'dan is not under the delusion that he is universally loved. He's well aware that nobody really likes him. I mean, he, look, look what happened as soon as he got free in in Warlords. His two Arch lieutenants immediately betrayed him. They didn't wait like five minutes. No, like, like, you know, um, I'm forgetting the name of our fr- friendly Chogal. Chogal immediately betrayed him as soon as he got his hands on even a little power. Like, oh hey know, Naro, cool. Don't need you anymore. Bye. <laughs> it's like Gul'dan doesn't even seem particularly phased by this. No, not he at all. Fix it. No. Yeah. Of course they're going to betray me once they got their hands on some power. I'd betray them for like five cents and a, and a Starbucks card. Why would? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Gul'dan, this Starbucks card has been half used. Really, you know that, right? It's still got enough on it for a muffin. Your soul is in hell. A fell muffin. <laughs> drink. Look, I don't want a venti. Just drink. (laughs) Oh, wait, this is my... my, I'm sorry, this is my iced tea. You drink the blood. Here, we need to switch. They put the names on the wrong cups. Uh, Okay, so here's the other thing that I had a question about, because it was something that I was kind of eyeballing when I saw that cinematic. Um, Archimonde, obviously, he's got this... He's pushing Gul'dan into that portal, right? Mm-hmm. Like pushing him into that portal and going, we've got a pact. And then his eyes kind of go out. There's a channel. There's a channeled spell going on that is pushing him forcibly back into the portal. So what I'm wondering is, did Archimonde siphon himself into Gul'dan? Like Sargeras siphoned himself a little bit into uh, Aegwin back, you know, on Azeroth. That's that certainly seems to be a possibility. I just think it's more likely he he hoovered himself back to the twisting <laughs> nether when his job was done. Nether, yeah, but I mean that would be actually be something that he'd kind of do because it would be hilarious for him to like punish Gul'dan by constantly berating him from inside his own head. Yeah, well but, maybe, but I mean the the difference here though would be like Ejwin was uh, existing on the material plane, right outside of the the influence of the twisting nether. That was why the infection happened. It was so that there was a foothold. The corruption was always there. Right. So if both exist, if we, if we subscribe to the theory that 
you know, he's now, that Gul'dan's now tied to the Twisting Nether. He's now an entity within that. Archimonde doesn't really need to be Archimonde inside him. To, yeah. That sounds really awkward anyway. So. I want to be inside you. <laughs> <laughs> Although, we, you know, we may be overthinking what happened to Gul'dan. He may just have stuck Gul'dan in the Twisting Nether the way that, in, in our timeline, Ner'zhul went into the Twisting Nether. And then he got And got apart. ripped apart to be made into the Lich King. It's possible Gul'dan has a similar horrible fate in store. Not that he's going to become the Lich King, but that, you know, he might get oh, torn God, apart please, and rebuilt. No. We've, and, we've We've got we've already got Lich King number two that's just like chilling up in Ice Crown right now. Yeah, I'm not saying that that, that they're going to go and have, you know, Gul'dan show up as the new Lich King, but Gul'dan does know necromancy pretty well. If he is, however, assimilated into the Twisting Nether, and, and thus, therefore, thus, therefore, what the heck? I, I don't even know what's <laughs> up with my language today. So if he's been, you know. If he's transcended and he's part of that whole twisting nether network that pretty much transcends all realities and he's just like he's everywhere all at once, does that make Gul'dan a demon? Is he is he now a demon? Are we dealing with a demon Gul'dan? He's already like a step away, I mean. It was, if he wasn't, quite frankly, he was already more evil than most demons you were ever going to run into. Yeah. I mean, honestly, feel like guys like um, Balnazar would be like, wait, you, you did all that to your own people? Wow, chill, wow. dude. My people don't even fight each other. That's that's hardcore. That's your yeah. Do we want him in the group? I mean, you know <laughs> <laughs> I just I'm just saying he's kinda We got we really gotta think about this before we give him the members only leather jacket. I mean because yeah. you that's know, if he decides bring, he bring if like he drinks to the next party and I don't know about that guys. I definitely not sure. Every time he brings drinks, he's really weird about it. He's really weird about it. I've bought you salsa. It is tainted with the blood of demons. <laughs> that's <laughs> our blood. Clean. That's our blood. Why are you feeding us our blood, man? <laughs> this is gross. <laughs> I just I just got a taste for it. I don't know what to tell you. This stuff's great. It's better than eggnog. Oh, jeez. <laughs> cool, so, just- uh... Also in this Endgame cinematic, obviously, um, Gromash appears to have survived and people seem to be perfectly cool with him doing all the things he did. We're not going to talk about that too much. Maybe we'll touch on that like next time we record. But what I want to know is, could Gromash or any of these people, for that matter, come back to Azeroth now that we've... I don't know. Here's That's a weird thing. Like, I mean... I don't think that, like, you know, Akama could, but then again, Akama isn't on our Azeroth. No. Akama's on the, our Outland. In the Twisting so, Nether. Yeah. So what about, know, what about uh, Nabundu? I, yeah, Nabundu, that's, there's a question. Could, could Nabundu come back? What would that do to our Nabundu? Would, like, it be like the, uh, like the mirror universe? Would it universe replace him? Unbreak? Yeah. Would, would it be like, would it replace him, or would it be like that, that Jet Li movie, The One, where, like, one of them kills the other and gets stronger? I really don't know. Highlander. I, yeah, I don't. That's it's something I'd like to. I I want to see Urel show up in more stuff. I don't want Urel to just be done, you know. Right. But whether or not Grom comes back, here's the thing: is can Grom back come back, and yet we're not stuck in another like five years of incredibly hork or orc centric storytelling? Because I honestly, forgot, I got to say at this point, as much as I don't personally mind, I think that the the player base really wants to not see orc centered stories for a bit. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on in Warcraft that people want to see. I think the Legion people would be okay seeing. Like people would, would not mind a Legion centric storyline, but 
a Legion-centric storyline where Grom Hellstream leads the Horde in its resistance would be like, oh my god, this guy. Well, we could totally talk about that more, like, on the next show. Maybe we can go into that, like, dive into that whole... I'm just saying that's that's my work thing. saturation saying- point and whatnot. What I'm wondering right now, though, I mean, I'm talking specifically about the whole uh, reality, alternate reality, whatnot. Could these people from this alternate reality, whether it's Gromash or whether it's U- Urel or whether it's you know, um, could they come through that portal and come to our world? What would that do? Uh, Have we established it, uh, it enough to that point where they could come through? Uh, Grom seems safe enough because even if you know we argue that you know there already was a Grom, he he stone dead. Right, there was yeah. a Grom. Right. Yeah, so we sh- we should be okay with that one. Uh, what's curious to me though is 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 slightly on the same basis, but kind of strangely twisted from it is what happens if they do come through? Not to, in terms of like I don't think it's going to blow up the planet or anything, but there's a lot of Draenei on that Draenor. Yeah. A lot of them. Like, they didn't get wiped out, even close to it. They didn't go through the nine-tenths mm-hmm. destruction of the original Draenei. No. If they decide they're going to start coming back and forth through... Like, even if like a, if a fraction of them decide to settle on our Azeroth, that's going to double the Draenei population. Mm-hmm. Overnight. And it would be Draenei who are much more optimistic. And Azure Mistile is not that big. Yeah. I mean, and you know... The, the Draenei we have, the ones that are living on Azure Mist and Blood Mist, they're the hardened, battle-crazy survivors of a horrible genocide. They're not, like, that's what people keep thinking the Draenei are all sweetness and light. They're not. The Draenei we have now are the No, they're hard- warriors. The hardened killers who have survived by learning how to slit throats in a swamp. These are the kind of people that, like, you, you present them with, like, oh, there's some blood elves on our island. Velen, Velen tells you, I want them all dead. Every single blood elf you run into on this island, I want them dead. Go kill them. Yeah. Well, these words. It, and it opens up a whole other realm of, of possible problems, right? Because the whole reason that uh, they got sort of singled out to begin with was their ability to manipulate arcane energy. They yeah. were so magically talented. Now you're doubling that population. Do we have another high elf situation? Do we have another highborn situation where, where they start playing around with magic on our world that they're not necessarily used with on their own, especially Ooh. now that we've established that we have three potential wells of eternity. Uh, you know, we have the sun well, we have the well of eternity, and then we have the the, the veil. The veil. What's going to stop them from what's coming through? To, exactly. Too. What's, go- what's going to stop them from coming through? What's going to stop them from messing with that? What's going to stop them from causing even more catastrophic powers? Because again, you said it yourself. They're innocent. They're they're a lot more easygoing and innocent compared to the battle hardened ones that we have. Plus, plus Velen have... is on the other side. Exactly. If they know that Velen is there. That Velen is really dead. Well, and plus, think about this much: when you, when you go to Shadowmoon Valley. There's a quest line when you go up to, um, I forget the name of the town, but it's like a Draenei town that you meet uh, Exarch Akama at. Yeah. And they're there, and like they, um, Exarch Nial gets in a fight with the Artificer, and she's like, you can't just treat this planet like, Dran- like Argus. You can't just sink your crystals in and just do magic like it's Argus. You have to learn the magic of this world. We've already established the Draenei have a tendency to treat every world like it's Argus. The same, yeah. Oh, this, this could so, be bad. So if a bunch of these non-battle-hardened, non-having-seen-the-worst-Draenei come through, the first thing they're going to do is try and buck up the Draenei they run into. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, everything's not so bad. We survived. And they'll be like, no, we didn't. You didn't survive. And they'll be like, but we did this time, and we're going to fix everything. And they'll be like, all right. 
what do you what do you got in mind? Well, you guys remember crystal technology, right? And they're like, of course we remember it. We live in a big crashed pace of it. Like, oh, yeah, but that's that, we well, got our stuff from Argus. You remember the Argus stuff, and they'll be like, we left that behind because we were all dying and we didn't have time to carry it. Well, well we've got, got it. A, we've got a ton of it. We're gonna plug it in. Eh, whatever. Do what <laughs> Let's just plug it in. Let's plug this stuff into the Well of Eternity and see what happens. I have no idea, but you know, <laughs> we're not that far from the Well of Eternity. I mean, I'm sure your elf friends will let us go up to it. And if we've seen anything from, you know, Malfurion and Taronda, it's that they're not exactly hands-on leaders anymore. Well, <laughs> and even beyond that, right? Like, if they come through in the guise of, like, pilgrims coming to, you know, like you said, see Velen, and then they yeah. just bring this stuff with them, they're like, we want to see all of your, your places. We want to meet with all of your leaders. We want to see everything your world has to offer. I'm just gonna hide this crystal right over here, and let's see what. Oh, look, it's glowing, sweet! You know, like you get into. Oh, there's so many the cool things that can well, happen with what's it. What's that? Let's go find out. <laughs> yeah, that's let's actually something. Bring they a should giant do. sack of crystals with them. You should do something in the lore, seriously, where the Draenei are allowed to visit the Sunwell, because if it weren't for Velen, there'd be no Sunwell. It's part of a Naru. It's like the heart of a Naru. They should, you know. And that's part the thing. It's like what. That keeps striking me. Is like I think you even said this at one point, Anne, that the Naru reforging the Sunwell is weird, and it seems like the the entirety of that whole situation was a plot to get a Naru into the Sunwell. Yeah. See, I used to role play this Blood Elf who had like this giant conspiracy theory thing going on because uh, I'm I'm a fan of conspiracy theories myself, and one of the things that she ran with, and one of the things that she was really suspicious of, was the fact that the Draenei came in and dunked the heart of a dead Naru in the Sunwell, which was this thing that kind of permeated her people. Permeated her people to the point where when it was gone, they weakened and almost died because of this withdrawal, right? But yeah. here you get to like Shatra City, Adal is there. Adal has this pacifying aura about him that makes everybody yeah man things are cool things and are great nothing will ever go bad ever and they just put that in the sun well <laughs> you know? and there's there's more even more weirdness than that because one of the things that if you again the warlock quest hints at is that illidan did have a means to cure the blood elves yeah. of their addiction yeah. he had and that's what the the whole essence of anger sadness and whatever the heck the third one anger Anger. I did say anger twice. I think I said yeah, but it was anger, whole, sadness, and malice or something. Desire. Desire. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that is it. The reason they had those three, that thing down in the basement, that was <laughs> the thing part, in the basement. <laughs> the thing. The reason he had that thing was that was all part of his plan to like use the the the, the well vials to create a font of power that the uh, the blood elves could use to cure their addiction. And in fact, if you look through the floor, the stuff that's beneath it, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what that is. Oh, it's the goo. Yeah, and the reason he didn't do it was because when he lost to Arthas, he needed really quick reinforcements. Yeah. So all those Illidari demons, the reason they're not all fell corrupted and insane is because they're drawing directly on the power that Illidan had in the basement. Illidan's creepy basement is, in fact, a <laughs> well of eternity. Illidan's creepy basement sounds like it should be some kind of disturbing television show. Anyway... Uh, Hello, I'm Illidan Stormrage. Welcome to my creepy basement. <laughs> you said the secret word. Sound of play. Roman Polanski's Well of Eternity. <laughs> it's just like, man, I don't even want to know about how Pee Wee Herman's going to handle the dark. The black oh, stuff. no, 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 no. That's the, the other thing about this, though, is like thinking about it, uh, like 
that means that you know anybody can set up one of these things. They yeah. can, you, you can just put a well of eternity anywhere as long as you've got the water from the well of eternity. From the original one. Yeah. So basically, oh man, what would happen? Oh, my mind. We're, we're okay. rapidly approaching multiple portal Nerzul original happen, outlet. <laughs> what would happen if we took a vial of the well of eternity and stuck it on this Draenor we just created? Well, um, I don't think it would be good. No, <laughs> probably not. That doesn't seem like a good idea, uh, but... But I mean, like, yeah. we've already kind of established it in reality, right? So what if yeah. we make it a second anchor? That, who knows? A second universal anchor. And then we oh. could go across the universe creating more of these anchors and stabilizing everything. And it'd be would like it, the yeah. anti-burning legion, right? Just thing, though, would it stabilize it or would you basically have just added another spinning axis to a gyroscope? That's a good question. Thing, now the thing is shaking. Why is the existence shaking? How do I know existence <laughs> is shaking? I feel like I'm shaking. Meanwhile, Dormu <laughs> is like sitting in a corner, just face palming, going, oh, I knew I shouldn't have given all that power up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that thing, I, I really thought that Deathwing was very important to stop at the time. I, I'm going to have to emphasize that. Now yeah. I think it was you guys. I think you guys were the ones I should have. Well, even the best part, though, that whole thing, and, it, you know, we're heading close to the end of the show so i yeah I talk too long but one of the things about that whole thing was that norse dormu at that moment was so incredibly blithe about the fact that he was going to just do horrible things to time if you really think about it murazond was the one attempting to preserve the timeline at that point yeah. murazond was like please don't go back you have no idea how bad it's going to be it's, and it's now terrible now terrible you, you look at it and you're starting to think maybe Maybe Murazond was, in fact, attempting to, 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 to save us from our own actions. It's like, yeah, Deathwing is bad. Yeah, he's bad. But you have no concept of how bad this can get. Wait till you're on another Draenor. And, and trust me, you're going to be like, oh, this is great. We've completely saved alternate Draenor. It wasn't supposed to be saved, guys. It's not supposed to exist. And now it does. You just made a timeway that won't go away. Great, guys. That's like everything I was trying <laughs> not to do. Age of Mortals. Alex draws out, what did you do? <laughs> Titans are going to show up and they're going to be all like, what? We gave you one job. They're Don't also make going to be face palming, like giant hand, giant stone yeah. hands just face palming. That's, that's what this is going to be. You had oh. one job. One job. <laughs> not a lot. No alternate timelines. Now there's like alternate timelines. That's not. I literally gave you one job. Well, we do need to kind of start wrapping this up because we are kind of reaching our hour here. But um, do you guys have any final thoughts you want to share? Burning <laughs> Legion, Twisting Nether, time. I've talked too much. Let, let Joe go. Joe. I think that, honestly, what we've talked about here is a lot of potential to see what could possibly happen to affect the game in the future and the lore in the future and what could spin off from it. I don't know if anything is close to the mark of what they have in mind or if they have anything in mind. <laughs> but it's but sure it's, fun to talk about. But it's sure amazing to talk about. Yeah, that is one of the problems is like ultimately, you know, when you find out what actually happens, a little disappointing. Please yeah. note that Warcraft Chronicle Volume 1 will be coming out. I believe Amazon says it's coming out March of next year now, but this is supposed to address everything from the creation of Azeroth through what happens to The Last Guardian, which means that maybe a lot of these crazy theories and questions and things that we've been coming up with will finally be addressed and answered. Who knows? It's all in Metzen's head. So, we should probably wrap it up. 
and say our goodbyes. Um, just so you guys know, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to podcasts like this podcast the one we're recording right now and a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue and an ads free site experience. Um, pretty much the way it's going to work with future podcasts, you guys, if we get any good questions from Patreon, we'll probably pick one and we'll go ahead and answer it at the end of the show. Obviously, since this is our first show, we don't have a question, but that's okay. Cause we could keep talking forever. Can't we guys? Oh yes. <laughs> All right. For eternity. Try and shut me <laughs> up. <laughs> So thank you, everybody, and we will see you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.